We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another edition of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. Uh, luckily, I'm doing it without Robbie Hummel. You know, listen, the, the bottom line here is it gets old. You know, like hearing about Hummel and his his knees and his 19-inch vertical, it, it gets a little old. So uh, Scott Van Pelt going solo here, and uh, we're just going to talk some hoops. We're literally just going to talk some hoops, right, Scott? I love it. Uh, I, I mean, it's a great time of year and a lot, a lot of news. I mean, some interesting news today that you're right there in the middle of. What a great what a great guy. What a great coach Lon Kruger is. The best. I mean, honestly, one of the best human beings you will ever deal with. I don't know how much you dealt with him. I'm sure yeah, a decent some, amount. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just like the, the best thing about Lon Kruger is you walk into the arena before a game, Scott, and he's sitting there by himself in the stands. Like most coaches, they're on the bench. They don't want to be bothered. Lon Kruger's literally in the stands, so any fan can go up and sit next to him and start talking to him an hour before the game. Like, just a different dude. Every practice is open. Uh, The sport is going to miss Lon Kruger. Yeah, but I think, I mean, you saw the joy in that Zoom call with his son. And now, I I mean, I think, you know, here's the thing about this profession, and you could probably say about a lot of professions. You do it, and there's a there's this treadmill kind of a deal, right, where you're just on the treadmill, and you're grinding. But it's not a treadmill because time's passing. Right. And, you know, there's a rhythm to it. And obviously, it's been disrupted this year. But, I mean, there's the season, and then there's the spring, and then there's a summer, and you recruit, then you get in with your guys, and then it's fall, and then you're into it, and then it's conference, and then hopefully you're in a tournament, and then it starts again, right? Yeah. Well, you look up, and it's like, Wow, man, 25 years. Like, it's in a blink. And I, I, I think I, – look, I get why for Bayheim or for Kay or for any of these uber-successful coaches, like, you keep doing it. You know, and particularly, in, like, in Kay's case, you, you, got a, you got a grandson, right? And in B, and Jim's case, you got a son. Right. Um, like, you got – like, I get staying in. But I, I respect the hell out of somebody that has the ability to, to stay stop the treadmill and go, wait, I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to watch my boy and I'm going to be a, be present in, in life. That's, that's tremendous. And it's just, I, I, you know, you, you know, the sport so well. And I just, I think that the people that don't, that just look from the outside in, 
you can tell by the reaction across the board from people who've covered the sport how authentic their and sincere their their praise for Lon is. Awesome, and and that's what he's going to do. He told me he's 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 not going in any official capacity. He's just literally going to be around his son Kevin, who kind of surprisingly got the job yeah. as the head coach of UNLV and spent time with his grandkids. He, he built a new. It's funny. So I remember breaking this story years ago when Lon went to Oklahoma. I think I was at either a, a, a regional or, or Final Four. I can't remember what, but it shocked the hell out of me because at that point he was building a house in Vegas. So he must have sold that house in Vegas at that point, has been at Oklahoma, and now he built a, a house again to go back to Vegas, and he's literally going to just hang out with his family. And, and Great. It, it's like, I mean, to me, that it's something that so many coaches, like you said, don't do. They go, whether it's Jim Calhoun or – Lute Olson or whoever, they go until health tells them they can't go anymore. Well, but there's a, and I mean, look, let's not kid ourselves. The squeak, the squeak of the sneaker, the bounce of the ball, the smell of a gym, man, it's, it's drug to, to these guys. And you know, he'll be in the gym. He'll have access to the program, but you know what, you know what, he'll have access when he wants. So maybe some Tuesday didn't feel like going and deal with it. I'm a, <laughs> it's not I'll so be bad. A, I'll be hanging out here. You let me know when you guys are done. You want to grab dinner, you know? So, you know, good salute to him for a a remarkable career. All right. So the big, the big question for you, Scott Van Pelt, how worried are you about the rumblings? The, the, the rumors already have started about Mark Turgeon to Oklahoma, man. It's a, it's a fascinating time uh, right now in and around Maryland, because the, the Turgeon topic is, is a very, um, flammable. well, it's 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 really been like it's it's pit it's pitting Maryland fans against one another because there are there are uh, there's a we see vote. it on Twitter with you we see oh, it on Twitter well, with that, you it's great that's okay I mean yeah. there's like and here's the thing like Mark knows this about me I support Maryland basketball yeah. I supported I grew up with Lefty I mean hell I supported Bob Wade when he was trying to make a go of it I supported Gary. I support Mark, and at some point, Mark won't be the coach, and I'll support whoever is the coach of Maryland basketball. It's like it's part of my I, my identity as a human. I grew up in coal next to my pop in that building, um, so like I there's a passion for it that that is um, can be positive, but it can be negative if when it like I guess I would say to you this. I would ask you this: um, Is it unreasonable for Maryland fans to say guy went to one Sweet Sixteen in ten years? That's not enough. That's not unreasonable. That's, right. That's not unreasonable. But is it unreasonable to say, well, the first few years after post Gary was, was a total rebuild. Then you switch conferences and you look at what they've been since they've been in the big 10 and say, well, it's five of six years. Pretty they want They won a game this year. And, that like are they a losing program? Have they cratered? No, they've not. That's that's unreasonable. So I I have stated that I think that the level of outrage isn't congruent with the results. But that's not unlike a lot of passionate fan bases. There are, you know, they hey, look, they all all, all, they and, and by the way, course. and by the way, Mark Turgeon wants more. Of course. And, and Damon Evans, the athletic director, wants more. Everybody wants more because, like, but you know what's funny, Jeff, is that, and you know this, before Gary had those two years, what were they saying about him? Now, they were consistently getting to Sweet 16s. No, they wanted to get rid of him. Of course they, they did. Of course they did. And so, like, I guess that you, like, your your tongue is in cheek here when it comes to you know, am I worried? Like, like, there's part there's part of me that sees the amount of conversation 
from Maryland fans about this yeah. and, th- and says, if Turge got a call from a Maryland alum, by the way, Castiglione, who said, hey, would you want this job? Like, there's part of me that would get it if he was oh, like, hey, totally. listen, I'll see you guys and we'll go and we'll go there. I mean, I would understand if that were his reaction. Um, I, I think the entire cycle this spring is going to be really interesting because um, there's it sounds like, and again, I defer to you, it sounds like there are more to come. And um, I think so. I mean, I think so. Again, the Sean Miller at my alma mater, it's crazy right now. It's it's bananas. You hear it every single day, Scott. One day you'll hear he's going to be fired. The next day you'll hear he's going to get an extension. And again, for me, it, it's like for you, but I'm supposed to be more objective, and I am about Arizona. I, I try to be, but it's hard to be, right? I mean, it's, it's we're really- all from somewhere. It's a, the, the line I've said forever is we're all from somewhere, like, and that's where you went to school, and so you have a different viewpoint of oh. it. And but like like Sean. Like Wade at LSU, like the, Bill at, it's at Kansas, like it, it's an amazing thing. Years after the fact, like everybody just sort of carried on, and I, I, who the hell knows? That's a different topic. But anyway, it's uh, it's an it, it, look between jobs that are open and between the fact that the portal is oh. like all bets are off. It is a complete Damn. yes. That's the word. It is like it is a bar brawl, like. I, I like we'll never have seen. And the thing about every kid that isn't, and maybe even kids that are like starring in their roles where they are, just like fans always want more. I think players always want more and players convince themselves, even if they're in a good spot, like there's a better spot. No, they don't, they don't convince themselves. Their people convince them. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Cause everyone, wants times, to, yeah. And everyone's every, 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 they want to go to the league. And, and by the way, by all means, try to try to get there. I'm not. I would never try to dissuade a kid from from pursuing it. But it just, unfortunately, as we know, it's it's not always reasonable to think that the path is considerably improved by by changing your station. I get a guy at a lower level. Yes, and you covered this. That it's a plague at that level. If you're say a Big South coach and you get a guy, you know he's leaving. You know, he's like good. You get, he's a, you get a CAA guy, probably leaving. Um, and that's tough. That's again, but that's another topic, but it just, I just think that the whole spring is, uh, the the stories that'll come. And then we got, you know, we got a tournament, thank God. And I I think it's pretty, the storylines are are awfully compelling across the board. Yeah. The, the ratings, I was surprised Scott, that the ratings were as high as they are. They were, they were 3% off in the first week, uh, in a year ago or two years ago. Um, and it surprised me a little bit because, again, we don't have the heavyweights. We don't have Duke, Kentucky to root for or against. Michigan State's already gone. Arizona's not in. I mean, there's a lot of, of heavyweight programs that weren't in it. I thought I thought it'd be a lot lower, but, you know, people are home, right? People are home more now. I think that that probably plays into it. And the storylines are kind of cool. I mean, this Oral Roberts thing is, is, is awesome. I don't know if you saw Paul Mills. On, uh, on the podcast that I did with the Kevin Bacon story. Yeah, I, that we, we had O'Banner on with us and, you know, Ace Smith, Mike Schmitz, who I think does a wonderful job covering prospects and uh, yeah, he's so good. And, and he said, Ace Smith is really opened eyes. I wonder like, who's he guard? He's small. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he could score it. And uh, it, they, they were fearless, you know. I mean, they've already played Arkansas this year and had a double-digit lead on them, ended up losing by double digits because Arkansas could do that to you, flip it in a hurry. But, I mean, look, here's the thing about a lot of teams. 
that, that are like a fun story. Um, there's a, there's a little bit of a eyes get big, right? The stage, the, the lights get bright, the stage gets big. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa. I don't think those dudes have any of that. Now I don't, I, can you, how much, how many more games could they win? I mean, they're not, they can't win four more games. You know, no, okay. they, can, they can beat Arkansas. I, I put it this way. If they lose, it won't be because the stage is too big. It'll be because Arkansas is too good. Um, and that, and there's a difference because like, look at North Texas. I, like I have no idea what happened to Purdue in that game. Part of it's North Texas's defense was like, they were blocking shots at the Boilermakers. Like, who was that? Right. But then Jay Wright and Nova, like, okay, you guys were a one day story. Like to be a two game story in this tournament, that's a hell of a lot, you know? And, and, and like, that takes it back to, to like the, to the Maryland conversation where you realize like, Winning that second game, just getting to that second weekend, that's an accomplishment. It's hard to do. Iowa didn't do it. Illinois didn't do it. Ohio State didn't do it. Hell, only one Big Ten team did do it, yeah. which given what their year was, is a pretty shocking, um, a pretty shark, a shocking and disappointing result for, for a conference that had nine shots and only got one of the 16. I wonder, too, how much, you know, being here in person and, and seeing the crowds, which are sparse obviously yeah, yeah. Got, you know Purdue in West Lafayette it was nine percent I mean empty you know uh Hinkle's pretty good Hinkle's a good one Banker's life is awful awful it's just too big it's too yeah. big it looks like nobody's there but I wonder how much like again usually the, the the big teams travel more now you've only got a certain amount of tickets anyway so Oral Roberts has about the same amount of fans and they probably will this weekend against Arkansas, the other thing, Scott, is they don't go back home in between. Normally, Oral Roberts, Asmus, and, and, and O'Banner would go back and get this hero's welcome, and you'd be worried as a coach of like, oh, man, right. are, are they? is it going to get to their head? Are sure. they going to – is their head going to – well, they got none of that here. They can't leave their damn hotel room. So yes. they're not getting that. Uh, there's a lot of that that I wonder as it relates to all these sports, like the absence of crowds, like you saw it a ton this year. Uh, home court still mattered because there's, you're familiar with the gym and the surroundings. And even though you're not hanging out, you know, going to parties on campus, at least you're familiar with the surroundings. But I do feel like you saw home court not matter as much because you weren't dealing with 10,000, 15,000, however many fans. And I agree that like saying, Oral having as many as Arkansas. So that makes it kind of a fair fight. But you've been in those buildings. They're the underdog. They're the underdog. Yeah. Everybody and gets Everybody it. in the building that isn't an Arkansas fan is yeah. rooting for Oral Roberts. And they would have had it against Ohio State. And they would have had it against Florida. So I think that the higher seeds, in a way, benefit from not having the crowds in those spots where the games are tight. Because you know what it's like, man. I told the story on the pod with Steve about being in Cole 100 years ago when Richmond beat Syracuse, Billy Owens. And like, I was just there as this person, but I I'm cheering for Richmond. Like my whole family went to Syracuse. Like they're like, you're rooting for Richmond. I was like, I kind of got caught up, man. There's like 14,000 people were cheering for the underdog and they won that night. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like it's just so weird here. You know, I know you've been to a few, what are the big events that you've been to through the pandemic so far? Well, I mean, I went to the masters with no one and no one. I'm, there was no one there. And it was wild. I, I had gone down to say hello to a player um, who his name's Scotty Scheffler, and he's an, a, a, a young-ish guy who I had never met. And he had played really well at the PGA in San Francisco, where I was there as well. But I'd never met him. 
And so I just wanted to go say hello and introduce myself. And he was on the 18th green. And as I was walking back towards wherever, I, you know, I just I'd see it down the road, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, like, I looked down at my feet, and the grass was really short. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, I'm standing on the first tee. But there were no, there were no ropes because there didn't need to be ropes because there were no people. But, like, so just I had to reorient myself with a place I've been lucky to go for 20-some-odd years. But I'm looking around like, it was so strange, Jeff. And, you know, at Augusta, just like the Final Four, I mean, you think about that, you know, shot for Nova, the balls in the air, and there's that hush, and then there's that roar. Like, that roar that comes up in the building when a shot goes in is etched in your brain forever. Well, at Augusta, same story. Like, I can hear Tiger, Tiger, Tiger in my ears for the rest of my life after after he, you know, makes that putt in 19 and they win. He wins, I should say. Well, then last year, there's just nothing. Yeah. And it's so... That's how uh, I feel. Yeah, that, that's that's how I feel this year. You don't want to complain because obviously you have a tournament, right? It's great to be able to watch games. But, you know, for me, there's 68 teams here, 68 head coaches, three assistants, players everywhere. It, it, it's like a field day for me if I had access to these guys. I'd be in the hotel, up in rooms. Like normally, again, you've got eight teams at every site, you know, for me, and I'm bouncing around every day to a different site. Here it's like – nirvana in a way because everybody's here but i i have no access they can't leave other than the only access i saw so they can go to the ball field they can go to the the i saw that i saw i remember seeing like wisconsin i saw like uh, i saw potter punting a ball correct that was by the way yeah exactly it was your video i saw through the gate through the gate scott i got my phone ready and i'm going through the bars of the gate and zooming in as much as i can and then when they come out They've got an escort going right back to the hotel. So I'm talking to musclemen through the gate, six feet apart. That's the only access. Joe Golding, after Abilene Christian beat Texas, it was at Lucas Oil, and they, yeah. they, they, they cut it in half. Okay, they cut Lucas Oil in half so far. And he comes running over to me after the, they win. And I, I think he's – I go back. Yeah, yeah, I said, Joe, no, 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 don't give me a hug or anything. You'll be done for the damn tournament. Like, yeah. no chance. You can't do – it's just it's it's weird, but again, it's better than nothing. It's just I mean, like Indy right today, there's nobody here. Yeah. Everybody flew home. Yeah, I, and I like I I don't. We're grateful to have it, right? Of course. Of course. But when you know what it is yeah. and what it feels like, and you compare it to the to what it feels like and sounds like, it's it, it just isn't. And I I I have um. You know, I, I, there's a coach. I, I, I don't. I actually, you know, what, I it, they, they they put it out there, so it's, I can say it. Um, coach Tillman, who coaches the lacrosse team at, at, at Maryland, is a guy I've gotten to know. Okay. And I, I asked him, "How are the guys?" And he's like, "It's rough, man. They get up, they test, yep. they go to virtual class, they come to practice. We could do study hall, they do training table, whatever. They go back to their apartments. They don't see people. There are no parties. They sit there." They wake up the next day and they do it again. And like there are people in life that sacrifice that that are that go to war or who are police men and women, who are firefighters, who are teachers and who 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 do things that are noble and who make great sacrifices. But let's not minimize what these men and women are sacrificing 
Hey, could you have the, done it? Could you have done no it with chance. your college student? No chance. I look. I'm an adult, and I think about like, could I do it? Are you kidding me? And 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 so I, I so I did a Zoom with the team just to say, hey, like I don't know what this means or if it matters, but just just know that the people that are out here appreciate what you all are doing right. to provide this thing, and. I, I mean that sincerely because it is a sacrifice and college isn't what it ought to be for them. And so these events aren't what they ought to be. And I think we all can kind of see around the corner that yeah, it's not that not far, far away. We're not far away. Right, you know, right. like I know lots of people. It's like, I got my first shot. I got my second. My mom long ago got her. She's good. Like, you know, and I think, I think that we're not going to have to deal with this as it is, but in the midst of it, um, it's it's just it's a whole lot that these that these men and women and the te- different men's and women's teams and all the men and women that are parts of these staffs and you know how many people there are in the offices and they're all having to do this yeah. to put on this event. So is it not the same? Nope. Is it as good? No. But I'm grateful, sincerely grateful that uh, that these folks are able to, to to hunker down and go through it because I wouldn't want to do it. Who is um? I'm going to put you in the spot here. Tough right. one. Who's the coach, college hoops coach, it can't be a Maryland coach, that you are always most excited to interview? Who, who's the guy that you have, like, the best interview with or or have over and over that you are just, when you have him on the show, you're, you're like, all right, I can't wait for this one. Is there anybody? Um like Musselman's a Musselman's a fun dude. I'll yeah. tell you who I I'll tell you who I genuinely, genuinely am excited to talk to every time. And that's Mark Few. You know why? Because he answers your questions and because he's not full of what he, he like they are a blue He'll say blood. it the way he feels. He will Correct. No, no filter. filter. No filter. He's they're a blue blood. Okay. Blue like you talk Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, Indiana through the years, blah, blah, blah. But they've become what they are now. They're not Loyola, who's underseeded at eight. They're a one for a reason. And, like, he's, they, he, they recruit internationally. They get top ten players in Suggs. They get guys that are going to be lottery picks in Kispert on top of it, who's a four-year guy, which I love. Proves you don't have to leave early. But anytime you talk to Few, like, and you know Few, it's always like, ah, you know, we're just, you know, it's kind of <laughs> a little that, that smile. And he knows how good they are. Um. But, like, there's a lot of guys. Like, I love talking to Beard. Like, Beard's uh, the same way, too. Like, he's a guy, you know, he's about toughness, and he recruits it, and his team reflects that kind of identity. Um, Can I and- give you my favorite few story? Quick, like, not even not even a story. It's I was at practice years ago in Spokane, uh-huh. and, he, and he's coaching in his, like, jean shorts, first of all, right? He's, he's just, you know, whatever. He's probably come from fishing earlier. Practice ends. Literally, he's like, all right, come on. We walk about a hundred yards uh, to a tap, and we're drinking beers. Literally, I'm talking like less than five minutes after practice ends. I'm like, all right, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, come on. I should know the name of the bar because my guy Neil Everett is a big Gonzaga guy, and it's it's some smoky Jack and whatever it is. Yeah, yeah two, two 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 people's right. names. That's it. That that, that not, you were there. I want to say Jack and Diane's, but it's not Jack uh, and. Diane. It's not a John Cougar song, but what? But I mean, he. I, I just. It, and I don't care what sport it is. I appreciate because it's hard to maintain touch with reality and being grounded. And, uh, you know, Fuey's that dude. Like he, and he told me after the Baylor game didn't happen, um, 
He's like, yeah, you know, me and Huggy, we put the game together on the back of a cocktail napkin in five minutes, <laughs> which is, yep. I don't doubt is true. Oh, it's but like, true. But it, not everybody would share, like, not that there's anything to hide about that story, but just not, you know what it is. Not everybody gives you uh, what it is, what, what's the truth is, or the specifics about how things happen. I just, um, do you root for people in the business? Um, you know, you, you, outside of waving a flag for, for the team I, I grew up rooting for, you're objective. Like, there are a lot of great stories. But I think a lot of people in the sport, if Gonzaga were to, to tap this, cap this off, would say, you know, that's a guy and a program who you can feel good about them winning because they have, they've been on this trajectory for a long time. Yep. You also love Fuey because he, uh, he defended your boy, uh, Gary Williams, Years ago, I was at a blackjack table with the ops guy at Maryland at the time, okay? And he came after me because I had been critical of Gary towards the end. And uh, and literally, it's just us on the blackjack table. We're at um, the Palms. And he is coming at me about Gary. And Fuey's behind us. He's not playing, but he's right behind us laughing at the whole thing. This dude will not – he is relentless. Relentless enough at the end, Scott – I looked at him and I said, how much is it going to take for me to buy you off this table? Like whatever it is, 500 bucks, a thousand, just so you can get the hell out of here. Now I've, I've, I've become friendly with him since, but Fuey was defending the hell out of Gary. Now I think he thought it was humorous that this guy was killing me for two hours. We're, we're nothing if not relentless. Uh, I, 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 we're, we're nothing if not relentless. And, and uh, it, again, at the moment, we're in the middle of that. We're, you know, some are pitted against each other. You know, people are anti me because they think, it, you know, I don't want Maryland to be you're great. Pro-turge. Yeah, well, you're pro, I mean, you are. You're pro-Turge because you're pro-Maryland. Well, I, 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 all I say to people that are that pretend like it's been a catastrophe, that that is inaccurate. But if, like, if you want to have the conversation that can be better, we agree. That I want it to be better. Just again, don't don't make up things that aren't accurate. Don't make up lies. Like, and I always say Wake Forest, and I I don't mean to be mean to Wake Forest, but like, Look at point to a program. They went to Final Four. Like, like haven't been in the tournament since I don't know when. Like, yeah. just don't act like it's that. Right. But fans, like, I, I don't think being unreasonable as fans is unique to any one group. Like, oh, I'll it, tell you. No, I can attest I, to of, the of course. fact that it's you not. hate you hate every team. Every you, I know, I know, and you tell me that. You say you send me a text right before you tweet about a team to say, "Hey, Van Pelt, watch how much Kentucky thinks I hate him. Indiana thinks I hate him. Maryland thinks I hate him." I'm kidding, obviously, but every fan base thinks Arizona. Arizona yeah. thinks I hate him. I had to check in under assumed name in Tucson years ago. I mean, come, come on. on, like, come on. Like, I get our I get our ops guy wanted to wanted to wreck you, but I don't understand. Yes. Bear yes. down for Arizona wants to get after you. Of course, I want him to be good. Now, can I say it like? Publicly, rah rah. No, but of course I want Arizona to be good, which is the very difficult position right now for any Arizona fan. Is is it best to sever ties with Sean Miller today, or is it best to give him an extension? I say honestly, and I I like Sean. I think he's a really good coach. I say it's best to sever ties with him today. Wow. Well, I'm at some point. I. I think Arizona has to fear that knock at the door, right? I mean, at some point, unless there was an FBI meeting years ago with a bunch of charts and stuff that led to nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. I mean, books like Don't Tell Me It's Nothing, you know, like it was real for some, but these programs have continued 
largely untouched. Pretty like, much. It's, Pretty look much. at Oklahoma State. Like, like, think about that. And I, I did I enjoy the Cade Cunningham story this year? Sure. He's, he's a wonderful player. And Coach Boynton did a nice job with the team. And it was fun to see that building with some energy. Like, that's a fun program when they're How good. How does that appeal? How does that appeal not get heard before the NCAA tournament, one way or the other? And, and once they got good – there was no way that you could pull the plug because it's like, no well, team. wait a minute. They're like a, they're, they're, they might get in. Oh, wait, they might be on the eight, nine line. Oh, crap. They might be a four. Yep. And there were people that thought they were underseated as a four. So, like, again, Oklahoma State fans, I don't hate your team. I didn't, I enjoyed watching them be in the tournament and I enjoyed Cunningham all year. But, like, it's just astounding to me that that, that, that doesn't even happen all year. And then these other ones that, that were part of that, like, Nothing yep. happened. Oh, I tell every coach I know, cheat your balls off. Right. Because nope. what difference does it make? Nothing happens. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, at this point, like, again, we'll see what happens at the conclusion of all these. But it's, it's taken so long, we almost are immune to everything now. It's like, who, who cares? And, and you know what it actually is? I think it's even different than that, Jeff. I think it's not who cares. I think when the suggestion is that Zion got money to go to Duke, Good. He should. Right, and right. here's and here's why. Because the players should get money and should be compensated for name and likeness, which I agree with, yep. has gotten has reached a point where it is so so much support for that, so much vocal support for that, that the the, the suggestion that somebody did actually get money, which they right. weren't allowed to get people like they should have. Yeah, exactly exactly right. He was still right. underpaid. So right. Like, right. no one cares. Or, Nobody or, cares. Or they were getting it anyway. Like, like to me, it's like the name, image, likeness. They're all getting paid anyway, is what people say. So why not let them get paid legally? Yeah, and again, and, and I just so I'm, I want to make sure I'm consistent. And to say they get nothing is not true because they do, as we know, they yes. get it, it's you get plenty in terms of compensation. And Zion benefited massively by being the face of that Duke program for that year. He came in a known guy, yes, but he reached a rare level as a result. He's not going to be the number one pick. He was not going to be the number one pick coming to Duke. And he wasn't going to get the numbers he got for his, for his shoe deal either. So there was benefit that said, they should still be able to benefit from name, name like this, an image a thousand percent because they shouldn't be their sweat equity. Shouldn't go into somebody else's pocket. They ought to be able to participate in that. I just, it, maybe it's semantics. It's just the, you know, the idea that they're doing it for free. It ain't free. But it's also not reasonable compensation for what they provide. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. To make things better, your first job post is free. Look, and I can, I can understand if 2020 was tough for a lot of businesses. We know that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you had to make cuts to your staff to get through the pandemic. Now you're looking to add some people back to work. But you want to make sure the candidates you hire are the best fit for your business. Let LinkedIn help with that. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started easier than ever. New features to help you find qualified candidates and do it quickly. Post a job with targeted screen questions. LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions of streamline onto one simple screen. Now you can do all this from your mobile device, no matter what the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. 
Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's let's do 10 minutes on the tournament. Let's Let's do 10 minutes of actually talking games. I know I feel bad here that, you know, we've been bullshitting about it because we could go for two hours. We know you and me. Yeah. uh, I got nothing to do, bro. Let's keep going. We'll keep going. We'll go for another 20 minutes on the tournament here. All right. Let's go. All right. You're you're, the game you want to see. The game you are dying to see in the Sweet 16 is what? Oh, in the Sweet 16? Um, Hold on. Because I want to make sure I don't just say the first thing that enters my head. Uh, I'll buy you a little bit of time. I'll buy you a little bit of time and give you – I'll just – For me, it's probably just Creighton because it's visually pleasing. And I think – I don't know if Creighton can beat them, but I think – Finally, we might get like a real test for Gonzaga and, and Creighton can score. If Mitch Ballack can make like six or seven threes, <laughs> which he's going to need to do, and uh-huh. Marcus Zagorowski somehow, and, and these are ifs. Zagorowski's really good. Could he outplay Suggs? No. Then it's the game. All right, he can't. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. I mean, Zagorowski's really I'm good. I'm not going to tell Zach and Mandy Zagorowski that you that you said that. I didn't say their son wasn't good. I just said that, <laughs> like, the guy who's going to be a top five pick is probably going to be hard to outplay. But it, it, he's plenty capable of it. All right. I've, Oregon, USC, because Oregon got run by USC earlier this year. But, like, I'm interested in it just because I want to see. They've both been excellent thus far. But the answer is Syracuse-Houston. And the reason is I watched that, like, that Houston team – got they needed every single thing to go wrong for Rutgers and right for them at the end for it to equal what it did and it and it and it went their way I mean Johnson misses an alley-oop at the rim they hit it th- it would have made it 10 then they hit a three and then it just everything it was insane, goes, it was insane. Every, well it's the tournament in a nutshell yeah. but people always forget that if they make it to the final four they'll forget that they, that Our Rutgers Rutgers should have beat them and then Syracuse, when I saw them on the 11 line, Jeff, when the reveal came out, I'm like, wow. I thought it was, frankly, I didn't think they deserved it. First four, right? First four is what you If they about. made it, yes. Like, look at their resume. What was, the, what was their resume? What was it based on? And that I conveniently forgot that when Beheim gets to this tournament, they're just, they've got it, man. Like, they've got the perfect recipe. Like, They've got the recipe where maybe they're not great in the regular season, but when they get there, they're put them in the second weekend. And watching Buddy Beheim shoot and scream, I'm an effing bucket, like, I, good for you, man. People, I love know, my kid. So do I. He's, I did a story. Of, I did a story on he and his dad when, when he was at the PTM his junior year. First of all, he's like the nicest, sweetest kid in the world. Okay, like uh-huh. the, the best. But the best part of the story was when I was talking about his relationship with his, his dad He's 17, 18 at that point. His dad's like 71, maybe 72 at that point. And he literally looked at me and he's like, my dad's my best friend. Awesome. I'm like, damn. Like, like that's unbelievable. Like, I want my daughter to say that about me. Like, Of course. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it awesome. really they is. They sit around, and, they watch TV shows and, and hang out. And, and he took a lot of crap about him not being good enough. And he's plenty good enough. And so I think of all of them, you know – it's, it's a great storyline. It's a well, great storyline game. And I think I think Kelvin is is very underappreciated as a, as a coach. I think he's excellent as a coach. Um, just like I think uh, 
I just like I think that there are probably three or four. Like I think Altman's an excellent coach who who has who's had a ton of success that kind of gets overlooked. Um, I, I you know I think I think Kelvin, I think Leonard Hamilton. Look at Leonard Hamilton's. Look at his run in the tournament. Like how many times do they get to elite eights? You know that's another one. Like the game I'm looking for next and most in the next round is Michigan Alabama because what Alabama did in that game against Maryland is. Like they're going to try to do it again. I don't know if they can make 16 threes, but it won't be because they don't try them. <laughs> they're going to let it rip. And Michigan has shown, I think, a rare ability, Jeff, to eat a flurry of your best punches and not blink. Like that, that like that Maryland game in the in the Big Ten tournament. Maryland's playing as well as they can play. They're up double digits, and Michigan had the lead by the half. Like they just they absorb your blows. They're body blow, body blow, body blow. Okay. You still good? Because we're we're we got twenty more on the clock. LSU played their ass off, and Michigan no. didn't. And Michigan didn't blink. Yep. So I'm really interested in, and, and that doesn't mean that Michigan couldn't lose to Florida State or that Bama couldn't lose to UCLA. I'm just saying if if we got the one and that the one and the two, and they play to their ceilings, I'm really interested in who's better uh, if that happens. Listen, I don't think, and I, I don't want to say this, but I think it's true. Like the Sweet Sixteen matchups aren't. Awesome. No, Cal, you know, Cowherd had the great line years ago about upsets. Everybody loves the upset until the next round when it's like, oh, I, I would have probably rather seen the, the better team. Yes. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not really that interested in Alabama UCLA. I, I, I like, I, I'm not. I don't think UCLA did enough to even really get in the tournament. And they've beaten three ho hum, you know, a, a bad Michigan State team. I mean, and a couple teams that really, they've had a nice, easy road. So, yeah, I, I, listen, the Elite Eight matchups could be fantastic. Agreed. Absolutely fantastic. I, you know, the Sweet 16 matchup, Baylor-Villanova, I saw it a year ago in Myrtle Beach, believe it or not. That was the first time I saw kind of this Baylor team. Uh-huh. And I remember after the game, they beat Villanova in what was the best offensive game I saw all of last season. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. I remember telling Scott Drew, I talked to Jared Butler after the game, and uh, and I told Scott Drew, I'm like, I think you got something like really, really special here. Yeah. You just beat, first of all, you just beat Villanova. Like, yeah. like Villanova is just that program. And I wish they had Colin Gillespie because I think this would be the by far the best game of the Sweet 16. Agreed. Um, it wouldn't even be close. I just don't know. I just don't know if Villanova can, you know, the first two games against Winthrop and North Texas, now you go to Baylor. And, and oh, by the way, <laughs> Baylor's got like, two MFers for guards, like, like, like in, in, in Mark Vidal up front, like the Mark Vidal, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl matchup. Cause I think that's what it's going to end up being. Baylor going small is going to be absolutely awesome. Cause Vidal is maybe the toughest dude in this tournament. Yeah. Well, they got, and you dudes, the right word, as you know, like they, and MFer is actually the correct word. Like they've got a bunch of them and, you know, the line all year that they've got eight starters is not incorrect. I mean, the, the people they cycle in, uh, there's like, there's no drop off, man. Like that, I, Gonzaga, I watched the game against BYU where they just, it wasn't that they didn't guard. BYU just shot the yeah, piss out of the ball. They, right. they made 53 at the half. They made a zillion threes and BYU played great. And then Gonzaga won by double figures. Like, Gonzaga's ceiling. Yes. What I I just hope we see people play to their ceiling and find out who's is better because Gonzaga and Baylor they differentiated themselves early on. 
Yep. I feel like Michigan, and it's a shame that Livers isn't healthy because they're, in my opinion, we're right there. And like Bama's just different because they're the way they play gives them an opportunity to add it up quicker, right? So like I feel like I, like Steve and I had this a conversation on our podcast the other day. Like, how many teams do you really think are left who could win four more games? Because like right now, as we sit here, this you're a third of the way to a title. So like, there's some cool stories, man. But Jeff, maybe you a know, half dozen, maybe a half dozen. Maybe I don't think it's that many. I really don't believe. Well, you got Gonzaga, you got Baylor, you got Michigan. If they get Livers back, uh, Alabama can yes. go on a run. Then who else? Like Florida State, like can they win four more games? I don't know. I mean, could Arkansas? Like, I, it's got to be somebody from the right side of the bracket, I think. Well, that's part of it, too. And that's why I think you could argue, like, for Michigan or Alabama, it's harder because the road's going to include one or the other. That's what I'm like, saying. Likely. Arkansas, Arkansas gets Oral Roberts. Then they'd have to beat Baylor. Obviously, that's a big one. And so then, go to, yeah, but then go to the Houston bracket. Like, well, go to the Houston bracket. Like, if you beat Syracuse, you're going to get, you, you know, you're going to get probably Loyola. But guess what? That team, they kicked Illinois' ass, Jeff. Man. They were better from the start. Like, Amazing. I, and I, I get what Underwood was doing. He's like, we're going to keep giving it to Coburn. But at some point, it's like, it, well, I got it for a while. But then at some point, it's like, man, that ain't working. Trading baskets at best at that point. And defensively. You're dropping Coburn every time and yep. abusing him. I was I was so impressed, and I, and I tried to say this on Twitter, but it was hard. It's hard to, to to really get the meaning of what I was trying to say. Like Abilene Christian beating Texas, that's an upset. Texas turned it over, up, I think, seven hundred and four times, and Abilene shot thirty percent, and they won by a point on a free throw late, and. It's it's got all that you think about for March. The great story and a coach getting saying like we just little labeling and we beat Texas. Like that's awesome. But if they played tomorrow, Texas right. wins that game. They're gonna win nine out of ten, probably yeah. by a lot. Well, if Loyola and Illinois played again tomorrow, you take Loyola. Based on what I saw, I would. And that's not a slap at Illinois. That's no. because Loyola, like Porter Moser's got he's got. People that are in his program for three and four years that know what they do, and and that that diminishes that they're talented too because they are. Yeah. But like they're the class. Like, do they have a do they have a single guy that's lottery? No. Do they have a first round pick? No. But but the sum of the parts is is exactly what can win you some where, games. Hey, where would you go if you're Porter Moser's agent? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you these three options right now. And I might even okay. throw in a fourth now that Oklahoma opened. If I'm Joe Castiglione, I, I got to have him on my list. I'm yeah. not, you know, and Joe's a guy that will go outside the box. We've seen that with football a little bit, obviously with Lincoln Riley. Like he's not afraid. He's, he's made enough great hires. So if, if you're Porter Moser, do you go to Marquette, where uh-huh. I think he is probably number one? Uh-huh. I'm guessing right now. I don't have. Well, I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's towards the top, if not at the top. Okay, um, you stay at, at Loyola, uh-huh. or if Indiana calls and they have not yet, do you do you go to Indiana? To me, this is really simple. Okay, for me too. But you're not going to answer it the way I am. Probably go ahead. Really, we'll see. Indiana, Indiana and I don't think twice. I go Marquette. Like, I go Marquette. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, at Loyola, you've done 
more than anyone could ever reasonably expect you to do. You're going to lose the most significant contributors to this run. You've demonstrated that you can do the most important thing in this sport, and that's win games in this tournament and do so as an as a lower seed against power conference teams. You've demonstrated that. Indiana, though it is removed from its its greatest moments, and frankly pretty far removed. I know Indiana fans like like look, we're talking about a long time like look at what they've been since the, they lost to the to Maryland in the title game. Look at that stretch of almost 20 years. There's not a lot, nope. okay? But you're still Indiana. And the whole idea of, in my opinion, like the whole candy stripes and the names, and you could say, well, it's kind of Dallas Cowboys. Like you're known, but are you relevant? Right. Kind of a lot like the Cowboys. You're a long way removed from when you won titles, but you're like Indiana, the notion of it, the notion of like Hoosiers, the notion of a barn with a bucket on it, like romantically. And, and I think the chance to say, if you're going to put the full weight of that university behind me, like I think – a coach would want to find out what he is there. Not that you couldn't at Marquette, and I'm curious why that's your answer. Um, I think it fits him better. I don't know him. I've never. I don't know him at all. So you would yeah, go better I, there. I just think the, the the expectations are so high at Indiana that even if you get in the tournament and you go to a Sweet Sixteen, it's not going to be enough. And oh, by the way, a lot of the support, a lot of the the resources in Indiana are, are antiquated. At Marquette, uh-huh. they've got resources up the ass. I mean, they, they literally, they're top 10 in the country. Well, that's Re- a big deal. That's that's because kids like bells and whistles. And if you like, if you don't have the, you know, practice facilities and the nice stuff, then guys are like, well, why do I want to deal with that? But who are uh, you scared of? You're scared of Villanova because they're Villanova in the big. In that league? You're scared of UConn a little bit because Danny Hurley's got that thing going. Uh huh. Creighton's probably going to come down to earth a little bit. I, I honestly, I do think it's going to hurt Greg McDermott in recruiting going, going forward. Uh, everything that happened. Um, Providence Butler's fallen off. Are you scared of St. John's Georgetown? No. I mean, really? That's, no, that's I, why I would go to Marquette. You could finish in the top three in, in, in the big East. You could be in the tournament. Most years you have, you have a job that honestly, if you're ranking the jobs in the big East, you're probably saying, Villanova, then I would say Georgetown, personally. I still – I'm way higher on the Georgetown program than I think everybody else. That's tough just because, like, I mean, they play downtown in D.C. and nobody goes, man. Like, it's – like, the like at Marquette, I think that you still – from a support threshold, yeah. um, I, I would think that you'd have more there. I just – I just – I players, see what you're saying. Players, Scott, you got so many players in that area. You know, Without what, question. Maryland, no doubt. Like you're right in the middle of a, of a recruiting hotbed for certain. But I think, as a, I don't know, I, and I, I don't know him, so I don't know how he's wired. The schools are well. You know what he is? I'll, I'll tell you how he's wired. He is super positive, high energy. So like where Archie, the problem I felt like with Archie at, at Indiana, and I think Archie is a great coach. I really do. I think he's so a do I. It was, I, I thought it was a home run, and they never made the Everybody tournament. did. Yeah. All of us did. What we didn't realize, and, and there were some other things, obviously, if, if they brought McKinley Wright. You know, one of the big things, and I said this, so they had McKinley Wright signed at Dayton. They wanted to bring him to Indiana. Tom Crean had oversigned. Mm. They couldn't. They couldn't. They didn't want to run everybody off. So believe it or not, all that, if they had McKinley Wright, they would have been in the turn. You know that. Whatever. Of course. So, 
Archie Miller wanted Ohio State. Okay, he fits Ohio State better. Kind of like Sean, they're all about coaching. They're not touchy feely. He didn't want Indiana really in a sense of being in a fishbowl. He wanted a football school. He had been an assistant at Ohio State, and then he takes Indiana, and two months later, that is fired at Ohio State. So, like, his mind, he's always thinking, like, man, like, that's the one. Sure. That's the one I wanted. He just doesn't fit Indiana. Porter Moser fits Indiana from from a personality standpoint really well. High energy, upbeat, glass glass half full, um, I just think Marquette is better for him. And, and Indiana fans will kill me for this because they've killed me for everything. I mean, making fun. Listen, they, they, they still thought even after Brad Stevens answered my question last week, again, he had answered it twice. He had, he had already answered it, but the rumors persisted. So I had to ask him again. And then that's when he came out with his, his great quote about Massel. Yeah, it was so good. So good. It, it was because it was so it was so not what you expected to hear from him. Exactly. Um, but I, I, you know, they try to speak that into existence, and now I, I don't know where they'll land. I, I I don't know who the the candidates, realistic or otherwise, are. But I think a guy who's demonstrated again that he can get to the tournament and win games yeah. without the types of players he'll be able to get at Indiana and to win as you know a double digit seed awesome. and now as an eight seed. Um, that's the most important thing you can do is win games in the tournament. And so it's, you're, you're dealing with a lot tougher league as we saw this year. Just, it's, they're just, you don't often have those games on your schedule that you go, all right, well, we're good for those two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Nebraska is in a rough spot. I get, but beyond that, um, you know, it's, do you have an answer? Like, I'm sure you've been asked this question as have I over the last four or five days, why the big 10, just completely tanked. Do you, you you have any any kind of thoughts on you know? Obviously, people are like you know, well, they've been in 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 Indiana so long in Indianapolis and this and that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I felt like like they were good, but I didn't know you know. Again, I never bought Wisconsin. I never bought Maryland as a team that could go beyond the first round. I never bought you know like Iowa. You always knew that they could lose in the in the first round, even because. They weren't a team that was really good defensively, even though the numbers said otherwise late in the year. You know, Illinois was a surprise. They were the Look, su- I, yeah, I, I, the, the the staying in Indiana thing, like the Groundhog Day, whatever. Like, I I get it, but right. no, that doesn't add up. I, it to me, it's it's very simple, and it's maybe people think it's a lazy answer, but it's a one off, man. It's a forty minute tournament, and like Texas, if 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 Shock is talking to you right now, and you say. How the hell did you lose that game? I have no idea, right? Ask, like, ask Holtman. Like, yeah. you guys are up four with the ball twice late. Yeah. How do you lose? I have no idea. Like, I, ha- I, I don't know what happened to Purdue. I thought they were ready to make a run. I really like that team. And so, like, it becomes, oh, see, the Big Ten sucked. They're a fraud. No, no, that's not what it was. Because you can't say all this, all this Ken Palm rankings are wrong and then go, yeah, but look at Loyola. They were nine. Like, they, oh, they, listen, I don't think they were quite as good as what we made it out to be. Maybe not, but right. but again, still very good. Look at how did like how and why did Ohio State lose? How and why like Wisconsin just played Baylor and Wisconsin didn't play bad. Like you just weren't going to play good enough to beat them. Maryland yeah. actually played pretty well the first maybe eight or nine minutes against against Bama. Bama had two 
huge, like 19 to four runs. Like they made 16 threes. And by the way, like you said, they already had won a game as an underseed. So like, to me, that's about what you thought you'd get. It's the, it's the higher seeded teams, you know, Illinois is the one and Iowa for, for the, the, the Achilles heel all year was, well, if they don't guard, then it could be a problem. I mean, when you give up 56 and a half to, to Oregon, and Lucas scores 36, and you're just so – you're getting – you got like, – has Fran made the Sweet 16 at Iowa? I don't believe he has. No, he like, that's amazing to me. And, you know, that's – like, was in trouble for a while. If you remember, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the first four years, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot. And, and obviously, this group's been pretty good. And, you know, again, they – I don't want to say they got lucky, but, but they got a little bit lucky with Luca. Nobody, nobody thought Luca was going to be Luca. No, I mean, I, and when he was on the pod and, and he talked about it, like at, at Murray, like the, in, in the high school basketball in the DMV, like there's a, there's the, like a, they're not even in the best league in the area. And he went through all the D1 guys from Murray, the time he was here. It's preposterous. And he's a three-star that like Maryland got crushed for not going after. And it's like, well, at the time, like you're, like, you're talking to like Bruno Fernandos and this and that. And you're like, well, look at him and look at, look at this guy right. from Murray. Like he can't do it. Well, give that. I, I couldn't have more appreciation for somebody that worked his butt off, made himself better, made himself a pro, leaves Iowa as the all-time leading scorer, and he's also exactly he's he's just such a uh, an impressive young man. Um, but that's that that has to happen in in, in coaching. Got to like, get some luck. Listen, you, you do. You got to evaluate well and get lucky. Because like I was amazed, Jeff. Kentucky, Duke, and Carolina all had at least five top sixty freshmen this year. They won zero tournament games. That's right. incredible. Right. Like, they had all the five stars. Won nothing. Look at Loyola. Look at Baylor. Look at Gonzaga. Like, yeah. you got a ton. I did something on Baylor, Scott, a month and a half ago, where each guy, how they got to Baylor. Uh-huh. Think about this. Two of them, two players on Baylor, both their transfers, had one scholarship offer coming out of high school. Macy Oteague and Adam Flagler, both in their top seven, Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, nobody knew Davion Mitchell transferred after one ho-hum year uh, at, at, at Auburn, right? Like, Jared Butler was a fringe top hunt. Like, it's amazing. You need um, some luck. Ace Miss had two offers, Oral Roberts and Marist, two offers. Amazing. You know, and Garza is a three-star that people were like, eh. I mean, and that's – that. like, there's just yeah. – that's, that's the, the – The beauty of it. The, the beauty, exactly. The, the tournament, uh, you know, getting a chance for guys like that to elevate their stories. And, you know, I think we're kind of covering all of it, like how hard it is to win, how much we should celebrate the fact that when you do, you got to enjoy, you know, enjoy that you did because it ain't easy, man. And um, and I don't know. I'm just I'm grateful that we've got it again. You know, I don't know if I'll ever get over not having last year's tournament. And I just I'll like a guy like a Cassius Winston, you know, like a four year dude, like ready, they're ready to go make a run. That's why I'm so happy for the kid. Right, yeah. Penn State having a chance to. to yeah, play. and yeah, and they, you know, they, they were the, they were going to get there. I mean, uh, there were a lot of people that didn't get that. So for like a Kispert, you know, a fourth year dude, you know, I'm just excited yep. to, to see him get a chance with a team that's got a chance. Um, and you know, who you All got? Right, so who, who, last thing before you get out, you yeah. still, I assume you pick Gonzaga before the the tournament to win it all. I did. To I be did. Baylor to be Baylor. Um, I, you know what? It's, this is so embarrassing. Um, they asked me to come on a show and, and pick uh, a, a final four and I hadn't picked a bracket. And gotcha. so I kind of went through it piecemeal in my head and my bracket was a catastrophe, but I didn't, I don't even know who, Oh, you know what? I know who it was. 
It was Gonzaga over Purdue. I had Purdue the Final Four. That ended early. Um, hey, I had Texas in there too. My God. Too. So, so I had so I had a one, a two, a three, and a four. So I but like if if you were gonna if I was gonna go to the window and put yeah, you do a redo right now. Put put five dollars on somebody. <laughs> well, excuse me. I think I'd bet Baylor. Just because I think the value you would get, the get back of for your for your hundred bucks, yep. yeah, you get two fifty back for a hundred. Right. I think I'd look at Baylor just because of, from what I like, what I see from them. Um, like I watched Oklahoma, like they scored, they scored it and scored it and scored it. It just you're never going to get over the hump against a team like Gonzaga. Like I, I wonder if Gonzaga, if they if they meet Baylor, I just wonder if they can keep scoring with Baylor. And I don't know the answer. I, I think it'd be fun to find out. Yeah, I, I took Baylor to win it all before. Did you? From the beginning? Yeah, I, I did. I just think if Baylor gets back, I like the matchup against Gonzaga because, again, I don't think Gonzaga's guards – think about it. Like, Baylor's guards can keep up with Suggs. Yep. They can keep up with Suggs. They're, they're big, strong, physical, athletic guards. And, listen, Timmy's the matchup nightmare. He's For the, sure. But, but you put Vital on Timmy? That's not a bad matchup. Well, no, because you could you could go you could go big guys or you could go smaller guys that can just body. And, I would and go vital. I would just I, go vital and say, hey, we don't need anything else. Just make sure Timmy and Timmy's just so much fun. He might be like the most fun player in the country in a sense. The personality, the way he plays, the things he can do off the bounce and in the post. He knows what he is, right? He's not out there jacking threes trying to trying to be a first round pick. I, I love Drew Timmy. The thing about them, if they play, and I'm opening up Baylor here just to see how many, like, go through, like, okay, so if you say, you say Suggs, Kispert, Timmy, and then they've, uh, Gonzaga's got, they've got other guys, okay? Ayai. Ayai's. Ayai, yes, of course. But, but, but hear me out. Like, could Butler give you 20 for Baylor? Uh huh. Could Mace, could Teague? Yes. Could Davion? Yep. Yep. Could, could Meyer, if you let him get enough minutes to shoot enough? Uh huh. Like vital, I'm not thinking, but Flagler is he capable? Yep. Like I just, yep. I just feel he like will make it five or six threes, Flagler. I think there's yes. So I'm, I just feel like there are more wild cards yep. that if again I'm, I'm well, when I think about Kispert, these, if you hold Kispert down somehow, which I don't know if you can do, but if somehow you put, you know, Butler or Davion or, or, or rotate those some guards, combo, some combo, right? Yeah, you you figure out a way to make it so Kispert does not have a Kispert night. All right, like I like my chance. Right, so who who's it going to be? And I just I, when I think of these matchups, Jeff, you know, and I think this is probably human nature. In my head, I I imagine them playing to their ceiling. Like I imagine them playing high level, not yeah. like some not some game where it's like yeah. like Butler UConn, like just this. What is this man? Like somebody make a bucket. That wouldn't happen. We would have, I hope, high level stuff. And then so if that happens. Does Butler have enough or more? I, I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see it happen. But, like, I mean, I don't know. That's, what, that's, that's what's fun is, you know. I hope get we the, get it. I hope I, we get it, Gonzaga, which is, is nuts to say that that's the matchup. Like, if you'd said that two or three years ago, you'd be like, yeah. Butler. I mean, uh, Baylor, Gonzaga. Come on, really? And, and I hope we get it just because we were going to earlier, right. and then and then we didn't. Yep. And all year they felt like, you know, Baylor had the they were they looked a bit of a mess post COVID, but most teams did. You know, most teams looked pretty vulnerable after after that. But 
I mean, I, I feel like there are enough cards in the deck where some combination of them will come out in a way where you go, all right, like, I, I like, I like what we've got here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if it's, and if it's some team that we really haven't talked a lot about, then they're great. Cause it will have meant they earned their way there. And you know, you, there's no, nobody's ever won six games by accident, man. That's why these banners mean so much. Cause you might win too. That's a nice accomplishment. Get to an elite eight. You got a shot. You win, you win four, like celebrate that. Hang a friggin' banner and go, man, that's really cool. Cause it's hard to do, but you hang the big one. You win six. No, no BSers hung six, man. There's just no way to do it. No way to do it. When, uh, so you go, when is the Masters? Is it the same time? Is it right after? Two weeks. Uh, we're, um, I, I'm, I'm, I have a week next week where I'm off yep. and then I come back from being away and then go directly to the Masters that, that following week. First, why don't week you come out? Why don't you come out for, ne- come out to Indy next week if you're off? Catch sound, it Indy. sounds so compelling. Uh, it sounds like so much fun watching people punt on a baseball field yeah, through, we'll get, get through a, access. Yeah. And not I'll be, I'll give is you that Elmo's place. joint open where you can get that horrible cocktail sauce? I already got it. I brought it back to my room the other night. Oh my God. Like so I forget. It's you don't terrible. like it. You can't handle it. Nah, it's not handle. It's unpleasant. It doesn't make, nah, it doesn't make the meal better. Stanford Steve like eats it with his hands. Does and he? I, not really, but he likes hot. And I, we went there for the Super Bowl that one year and like him and Rosillo are sitting there and I, oh, I'm like, oh, I heard about this stuff. I take a bite and I'm like, your nose, right? Your it, nose. Well, it was like the Ted Lasso. I'm like, I said, is my tongue still in my head? Cause I feel like I'm hallucinating right now. Like it was hallucination set in. And I'm like, this is unpleasant, man. Like I, I, I want a sauce that improves the flavor of whatever I'm eating and I'll not. put it on there. It, does it doesn't make it better. There's like this badge of honor. Like look how much of this sauce I put on there. Oh, good for you. You're a, you're a man and I'm not. I'll take a, I'll take a shrimp and I'll eat it with a little. A little something, but not that. No thanks. You know what? We got to see uh, uh, next podcast. We're gonna when when Hummel gets back to Indy, he's doing uh, he's doing the the Division Two title game today. Oh, that's very That's cool. why he couldn't be with us. He's in Evansville, uh, Indiana. When he gets back to Indy, I think next podcast we're gonna have him do the shrimp cocktail on the on the pod. We'll see how he does with it. I mean, it's like I I don't want to overstate it. Like it's not like it's like quadruple hot sauce or like the yeah. But it's if you get the if you get the wrong combo of whatever that horseradishy stuff is in there, like it'll it'll open you up. Like no doubt, no doubt. you definitely hallucinate a little bit. But hey, tell Hummel um, that I'm a big fan, man. He's he's doing great work with you guys and on all the play by play. You got to get him on. You got to get him on your show. Well, I want to come on. Like I'll come on with you, and we'll get him on with me. It's just we're we're running out of runway for this year for college hoops with us. But I mean, like hopefully it's a long life. Uh, he's the best, it. honestly. He's I mean, this. Oh, I agree. Hummel, one of the best human beings. One, and and again, the great thing about Hummel, he can be he can be honest, and you do this well too. I don't do it well. You guys can be honest without offending. I don't do that. I don't know why. I never learned that. Because you're an asshole. <laughs> I guess that might be it. I'm, I'm I'm the true asshole. I'm not 44, but I'm the yeah. true asshole. No, I'm, you're not. You just you're 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 I know you're just gonna say what you think. I, I I admire that. I always have to figure out how to try to be not political, but I got to try to take the edge off. You got some edges, but that, that's why I love you, man. And uh, it's good. Love to, you too. Love you to too. Talk. Always good shooting the shit and catching up. We got to no do this. We'll we'll do it more often. You know we'll we'll. I want to get in. The next one is going to be the off-season one where we get more into your career. So we'll do that at some point and tell some more stories. 
Always good catching up. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk soon. I look forward to it, brother. Be good. Later, man. Thanks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.